We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. What up, my people? KJ Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday edition. Late December, we're in San Francisco, California. Holiday season. Hope you went out and bought your family some gifts. If you're typically that person that doesn't give good gifts, just try a little harder this year. Don't make an excuse. Surprise them. Be like, oh, I didn't know you had this in you. You, you figured something out. You gave a gift. Your family will appreciate it. So do that. Shout out to all the new listeners of the KJ Podcast. I have seen the surge in downloads. People tweeting me this week. They just hopped on board. Everyone creating content about the 49ers is experiencing the Jimmy Garoppolo effect. Fans are more engaged. We're going to get to his mic'd up. My goodness. The leadership traits he shows in that are as important as his accuracy and on the field dominance so far. We'll get there. We're going to go 49ers, Jaguars, quickly overview the matchup. This game came out week 16. It looked like it was going to be the clown bowl, but both teams making humongous strides to compete and set themselves up big time in the future. Eric Crocker is going to join this show. Former New York Jets safety. He's played in the Arena League. He lives in the Bay Area and is constantly dissecting the 49ers and other things on his Twitter 
He's going to help me project the secondary for next season. Jimmy Ward, Eric Reed. we're going to break down everyone individually. But our big takeaway, as we do to always lead off the KJ podcast, this is what you remember. Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership is more important than his arm. These are special characteristics shown on NFL Films, mic'd up. His third ever game with the 49ers. And I'm not just talking about late game and, you know, knowing where to throw the ball. I'm talking about pulling Trent Taylor to the side and telling him about the safeties. Tell him Marquise Goodwin, just go be a football player. We'll figure it out. I'll buy you time. He is constantly communicating. He's constantly talking. He did not seem like that guy when you see press conferences with him and just see how he interacts. You'd think he's a shy kind of guy. He's not on social media like some of these other star quarterbacks talking about themselves all the time. We found out completely different. Jimmy Garoppolo is a born leader. It is so natural to him. He's walked right in and he's in the left lane right now going 90 miles an hour and handling it so calm and confidently. There are teams who haven't made the playoffs for decades, like the Browns and Bills. 10 to 15 teams in this league are dying and will do anything to find the type of quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has been these first three games. I think he's going to sustain it. You hear predictions all the time on this podcast. I just want to remind you guys, I was the one banging the drum. Play him. There were legitimately people saying C.J. Beathard needs to finish a season. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to learn the offense. He's going to get hit hard. That was a very bad take. Jimmy Garoppolo has walked in and given this team so much confidence, and it's the way he's handling himself, married with his talent. This NFL Films video is more than a peek behind the scenes with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this eventually becomes contract leverage for Don Yee, his agent. The entire world knows that Jimmy Garoppolo is a franchise quarterback now. Like I said, we thought this was a shy guy. This is not. He's going to develop a personality, only get more confidence, only get to the level of a Rodgers, a Russell Wilson. This is attainable. And the 49ers will look foolish if they put a franchise tag on him and can't find the right money now. Everyone in the league, if they had the cap room the 49ers had, would make Jimmy Garoppolo happy, take care of this, maybe even a six-year contract, just to match the head coach and the GM. Has anyone even thought about that? Contract negotiations should not be messy. I said, do not franchise tag this guy. He's going to be the real deal. You get a lot of hot takes and projections on this podcast. You can always call me out when I'm wrong, but... The more that we get to look at Jimmy Garoppolo, the more the franchise tag looks idiotic, foolish. Parag is a great negotiator. I don't think it's a negotiation this time. I think it's a name your price, come back with a counter like this is Shark Tank. I think you try and solve it within an hour after the season's done. Don't let this thing drag out. They won't. I trust this front office, Kyle Shanahan. When they first made the trade, I don't think he realized how good Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be this quickly. Okay. Jimmy time can always extend and we can continue that conversation. Let's look at the overall game, though, and Jacksonville, the way they've transformed themselves and ramifications this is going to have. I mean, The Jaguars have beaten Pittsburgh, Seattle, and Baltimore this year. They absolutely killed the Ravens, who could be their first-round opponent in the playoffs. Their losses came to the Rams, Cardinals, Titans, and Jets. So 
they can play down to competition. They can walk into a game West Coast and get tripped up. People are talking about this team being invincible and they're very hot in December. Blake Bortles looks like a legitimate quarterback. He's got more passing touchdowns than Matt Ryan. He's having a better season than Marcus Mariota. It's He's not been bad. Tom Coughlin has put a great imprint on this organization. They drafted Leonard Fournette. I remember being at the Combine and people directly connected to the 49ers were leaking me info that Leonard Fournette was high on their draft board. Listen, I'm not one to break news a lot. I put the thing out there about the receiver this week too. I randomly get stuff. I continue conversations with certain people. If something's cool, I'll I'll throw it out there. I'm not trying to pretend to be a breaking news reporter. But I know the 49ers were interested in Leonard Fournette. That was a conversation that was going on. They were trying to probably create trade interest at two. But um, Leonard Fournette is the key for Jacksonville. He can carry the team. He can be a Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott type for them. He's been a great draft pick so far. I think from the 49ers defense, you'll see about the same. You'll see some pressure from DeForest Buckner. They're going to give up a touchdown or two in the third, start strong. It'll be close in the fourth. They'll allow like 24 points. They've been doing a dang good job of keeping this team in games with Jimmy Garoppolo. They have a long way to go, but I thought the defense was going to be worse this year in year one of a brand new scheme without cornerbacks. So I think defense, you're going to get the exact same that you have been the last couple weeks. Nothing spectacular, nothing terrible, enough to give Jimmy Garoppolo a chance. And will he have a chance? That's the key. I want to put into perspective how dominant Jacksonville has been on defense. 51 sacks. The 49ers have 26. They have half the amount. Jacksonville has 22 interceptions. 49ers have seven. Two of those came from Ray Ray Armstrong, who barely played this season, is now on the New York Giants. They have four defensive touchdowns this season. That matches Garrett Selleck. Only Carlos Hyde has more touchdowns on offense for the 49ers with five. They are a machine. They are, as I've been saying, a Denver, a Seattle type. You can win a Super Bowl potentially if they were in the NFC. This is what sucks for Jacksonville. They have to go up against Pittsburgh or New England in the second round, no matter what. They could sneak past Pittsburgh. I just don't see them beating New England. So um, as for Sunday, if Jimmy Garoppolo is still making Marquise Goodwin look like a number one receiver in Kendrick Bourne, and he's throwing for 300 yards on this defense, they're allowing 168 passing yards per game. If Jimmy Garoppolo even gets above 250, that should be a celebrated accomplishment. They've been dominant up front. Doug Marone came in. He kept Todd Wash as a defensive coordinator. One of the smarter things that he did there. This defense has continued to build. To Sean Gibson, I was pretty close with him in Cleveland. A safety there. Brown should have never let him go. He's a ball hawker. Barry Church they got in free agency. He was never this good in Dallas. But when you have a Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, it's interesting that they built pretty much at secondary besides Ramsey in free agency. We're going to preview that with Eric Crocker. I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to take that approach. So Jacksonville spending smart money in free agency. They built a beast on defense. This game, my prediction, I think finally Jimmy G gets tripped up. I do think it's close in the fourth quarter. I think it's Jacksonville... 26, uh, 49ers, 
are they going to do the field goal thing again? I'm torn here. I think it'll be 49ers 20. I think they'll lose by less than a touchdown. And it's very competitive on red zone. And people are just still enamored with the way things are going. Like the things I want to see in this game, I just don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to do. He still hasn't been able to complete a really deep ball. All the big plays have been yards after the catch. Things I'd like to see. Kendrick Bourne. Is he going to be able to really replicate four receptions, 85 yards against this defense? I I don't know. I mean, so I'm setting high benchmarks. If the passing offense achieves success against this Jacksonville defense, I don't know where your priorities lay. You may not even need elite weapons if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to walk in here and act like a top five quarterback in the league and dice up Jacksonville. Carlos Hyde has to push through. This could be a make or break game for him, honestly. He comes in here and rushes for you know 120, helps lead this team to a win. It's going to be hard to let him go. If he continues to get stonewalled, this running game's really gone nowhere. A lot of that has to do with the interior offensive line. Kyle misjudged that, the talent they had there. So not everything's his fault. But at a certain point, you're going to have to make a call on a running back. And when you bring up film against a playoff quality team and he's not able to make plays, we'll see. Carlos Hyde's been great in the flat. Get him out on more swing passes. Let him try and make someone miss near the sideline. I think it's a game, a lot of dump-off passes. I think a lot of Kyle Juszczyk you'll see on offense. Marquise Goodwin. He's been the story of the second half outside of Jimmy Garoppolo. A couple months back, I had a wrong hot take. I didn't know if he was going to be on the team next season. He clearly is. He still might be the number two receiver behind Pierre Garcon. He's been that valuable. I don't know if it'll be Ramsey or Bouye on them or they'll switch up. I'm not sure how they're going to play that. They might put Jalen Ramsey on Marquise Goodwin, mano-a-mano, one-on-one, just because he's been going off the last three weeks and they need to make it a priority. If you shut down Goodwin, that's taking essentially 100 yards away from this offense. He's moving the chains a ton for them. Trent Taylor, great chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo right now, especially when those plays break down. So a lot of things to watch on offense. I I just, I predicted the three straight wins. I thought they were going to beat Chicago. I knew they were going to beat Houston. I thought they were going to kill Tennessee. That one ends up being close. I'm going to bring us back down to reality this week. It's a close loss. Jimmy Garoppolo throws for around 250. Still looks good. More field goal settling is going to be the problem here. It's going to be hard to score touchdowns against this Jacksonville team. So listen too. I want to bring this point up. A loss is not the end of the world here. 49ers picking fourth in the draft right now. There are some intriguing matchups this week. I think the Browns actually are going to beat Chicago, who's also 4-10. Browns 49ers used to be linked. This week, you want the Browns to win for once. You're not getting that top pick. The Colts are picking two. Giants, three. You have Tampa Bay right behind you now. They're 4-10. Jameson has been banged up, but good God have they been disappointing. Dirk Cutter is going to be on the hot seat going into next season, knowing that ownership group. So they are playing at Carolina. They're going to lose. There's no way they're going to be Carolina who needs playoff position. Carolina's got to have that game. Um, yeah, you've got some draft scenarios here where losing and playing well against Jacksonville would not be the worst scenario. You'll keep that pick there. I still don't know who it is. You're probably going to lure that as trade bait and try and move down. You could get a 2019 first-round pick out of that, too. At the same time, isn't Blake Bortles due for a moment where he does not look like a legit quarterback here? There's no way he's going to play 
December flawlessly and be named AFC Offensive Player of the Month, right? I mean, I'm just looking at law of averages here. For years, none of us has thought he's been a franchise quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, he's playing like it. They haven't really had too tough of I mean, he did look good against Seattle. we got to give him credit there. So, the 49ers can win if they pressure him and he throws picks. The 49ers just haven't been able to intercept passes this year. They're randomly getting a forced fumble. Um, they're, they're just not getting enough turnovers. If they win this game, I think Bortles turns the ball over two to three times. Ruben Foster does have history with Leonard Fournette. He's jacked him up before that LSU-Alabama matchup. I mean, he clobbered Derrick Henry last week. He's had some big hits all season. You know he's going to be jacked up. Those guys are rivals from college. This will be a fun game for them. So Ruben still doesn't have his signature play. And let's hope he doesn't have a stinger this week and leave and scare us all. Let's pray that he doesn't go down. I'd like to see Reuben Foster's signature play again in training camp. The interceptions were everywhere with him. Maybe that was a precursor saying Hoyer wasn't as good as we thought, but he was picking up other quarterbacks too. I, I want a Reuben Foster big play that changes the game. He's been so solid, of course. He would have been possibly a pro bowler, at least an alternate if he played all year. All right, Eric Crocker is calling me right now. We're going to take a deeper dive into the secondary on this podcast. This is for you 49ers nerds. Again, main takeaway, Jimmy Garoppolo's leadership as important KJ as podcast, we have a special right, let's, guest let's chat today. With Crocker. So I want to call Eric Crocker our secondary guru. When there's a big issue in the secondary, we're going to bring him on. What's going on, my man? What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm a big listener. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the podcast. I mean, I see you all on Twitter. This is a member of the 49ers faithful. This guy has some very good takes. He played with the Jets in 2013, some stints in the Arena Football League. He's from Stockton, so welcome, Eric Crocker. I think this week is an eye-opening week for the 49ers. It's Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, but this Jacksonville secondary. I think they're the best in the league. They're the new Legion of Boom. They're what Denver was a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm looking at the way they built this secondary because I think the 49ers should copy kind of what Jacksonville has done. It's the same exact scheme from Seattle, high safety, uh, cover three, eight men in the box, and Jacksonville is absolutely dominating. They're 10-4. and four. They really only drafted Jalen Ramsey. You look at A.J. Bouye, Deshaun Gibson, Barry Church, those were free agent acquisitions. And I'm looking around at the free agency landscape, Eric, and I see... Tremaine Johnson, Prince Sakamura, Brent Grimes, Jonathan Joseph. None of these guys are elite cornerbacks. This is putting the 49ers in a tough position here. I think they're going to have to overpay for a corner in free agency just because they've got to get this secondary fix. I think it's their number one need. Um, If you're at John Lynch's shoes, are you drafting Minka Fitzpatrick? Are you signing free agents? Are you doing both? We're going to get into each player in the secondary individually, but where does this 49ers secondary stand, and how do they get to become a Jacksonville type of secondary? Well, you, you definitely need, need another corner. Um, I think uh, healthy, our safety position is very strong. I think uh, strong and versatile. Um, I do like the Keller Weatherspoon. I was really high on him. I was hoping the Niners took him third round, and he did. Um, I think he fits the scheme very well. I think... Uh, He's still a little raw. You know, he started playing 
football very late. Um, he went to junior college for a year. Uh, my buddy coached him up there at Sac City. Uh, so he's still he's still learning, and, and he wants to get better. Uh, so he's a guy you'll see, you'll continue to see him get better. But opposite of him, I think that's where the biggest issue is in our secondary. Um, we need the other guys. So whether you you know draft a couple guys early, um, the Rams a few years ago, well when Tremaine, Tremaine Johnson uh, got drafted, but remember they took Tremaine Johnson third round, second round they took Jenkins. You know, so you can do something like that where you load up on that one position and see, okay, you know, can we just get one of these guys to be elite? Um, you know, Truman Johnson, he's had probably since he's been drafted the most interceptions in the league. Um, so you can go after a guy like uh, Truman. You can draft a couple guys. There's a couple corners I really like. Um, I know you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick. And, and one thing about him that I really do like is he's versatile. I'm all about versatility. Um, he can play inside. He can play outside. Kind of like uh, Jalen Ramsey when he was coming out of Florida State. Um, so, uh, yeah, there, there's a bunch of different ways to go about it, but I think yeah. with our, our, our safety depth is really good, and I think we have some really good guys that can play. Um, you know, we got Ward coming back for his fifth-year option. Uh, but that other corner, yeah, that's a really weak spot, and if you think about it, it after that, say right now, if Witherspoon went down, who the hell, you know, do we have playing corner? Dante Johnson and, and some dude named Maven or I just thought right. sign somebody else, some power dude, or I mean, so that, that's you have to, you ha- definitely have to address the opposite start of starting corner and the depth at that position because that's definitely a weakest spot. This is why I've been critical of John Lynch. I mean, it's the, really the only area you can criticize this team. They walked into the season, their cornerback position was not set. Rashard Robinson was getting burnt every day in training camp. I mean, it was becoming clear. To anyone watching, he was not going to be able to handle the number one corner responsibilities. I like what you did there, though. You kind of broke down everyone. Let's go through the list of decisions John Lynch is going to have to make. I think we start here with Jimmy Ward, that fifth-year option. They picked it up way back in May, $8.5 million next season. Jimmy Ward, what position is he? If they move him to corner, is that all of a sudden not as big of a need? Then you have Jimmy Ward, Akilah Witherspoon. Maybe you add a free agent and you don't have to spend a high draft pick on a corner. Um, they have a big decision here to make with Jimmy Ward. He basically wasted a season here. He did not get enough reps at free safety to tell if he was good. Adrian Colbert is better at him than free safety. Now, I just Jimmy Ward does not have a home at free safety, in my opinion. They can try and move him to corner. Remember, he played inside a bunch. Now uh, you have Kwan Williams there. I think you bring Jimmy Ward back to compete with Akilah Weatherspoon for the number two spot, and you really try and get that number one corner. Your thoughts on Jimmy Ward? That slot position, um, I felt like was it, that that was his home. Um, I think when he played in the slot, he got better and better as uh, the time went on. Uh, I, I thought um, that was more of a natural position for him. When you go back and watch a lot of his college film, that's where he was most of the time. I know everybody's like, oh, you know, he's a free safety, and he goes back to his original position. So, from the film I watched, unless I watched, I didn't watch enough films. I saw him a lot in that slot kind of, um, it was like kind of a safety near the line of scrimmage slot type position. Um, so when he they drafted him to play slot and he played, I thought he did well. I mean, he had some hiccups against um, some of the bigger receivers. Uh, you know, we all remember the game against uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, he kind of boxed him out, scored three touchdowns on him. Um, but, but for the most part, he he did well. He did really well. He was good in coverage. He's good against, you know just against a run for the most part. Um, I thought that was more of his natural position. 
Uh, yeah. I wouldn't bank on having him, you know, have to be the outside guy opposite of Witherspoon. But um, I would definitely keep him around. Not sure if I would keep him around after next year. But, you know, Julius Flat, if they didn't pay, you know, Kawhi Williams, I, I definitely could see him being a, you know, a decent starting spot corner. Yeah, eight and a half million is a lot. You're going to expect that player to make a big impact. Jimmy Ward, they've got to fix a plan there. Eric Reed is also up for free agency. I've been torn on this because you have the money, and even if you go with Tart as your starter, you need a quality backup behind Tart given his injury history. You just need quality backups at secondary in general. They You can't have weaknesses there. Teams will attack you. If it's a fair deal and Eric Reed's market isn't as strong as people think, remember he's had the anthem protest, there's going to be some owners, some fan bases who won't want that. That's point blank. So Eric Reed, I'm torn. I don't think he comes back. But if he did, I, I would be fine with it because they need depth if it's a fair contract. Right. Um, I don't I don't think he comes back. I, I think, you know, guys like him or Hyde, they're, they're going to get more in the open market. Somebody's going to beat them more than the Niners will need them, especially uh, Reed. I mean, you think about, you know, having Tart, having um, – Ward that's versatile, having you know a guy like Kobe that's versatile, and the safety position is a position where you can, you can replace somebody, and maybe it won't be like you know, an elite, talented guy, but you can replace a strong safety that's in the box, and there won't be that much of a drop off. You know, then you have guys like Tart. Tart was playing at an extremely high level, um, but for the most part, at a strong safety in the box, you can put somebody there and pay him. $800,000 for the year, and he can do well. We had a guy um, in uh, undrafted rookie out of, I believe, uh, Boise State, Chancellor James. Yeah. Um, in preseason, I know he didn't play much. He ended up getting a concussion. But, I mean, even when he played in that one preseason game or two, he did well. You know, so you can get guys that play in that position and do well without having to pay a, a guy like Eric Reed, you know, a few million, five million, six million dollars just to be a backup. So I think he's gone. This is why we have crock time on the KJ podcast, because he brings up people like Chancellor James. That's perfect. You slide him into the Eric Reed role right there as a backup safety. He was laying wood in training camp. I mean, he, he was, was. He's vicious. and He's a lot bigger than Lorenzo Jerome, who everyone liked in the preseason. Remember him, number 49. He got cut. He's no longer with the program. So, all right, I'm good with that. Chancellor James becomes your backup strong safety. Tar- I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Chancellor James, but I'm just saying it's not a super difficult position to, to field for that specific role. Sometimes you can't get somebody to play at a high level like Tart or like we we've been playing it very well, you know, in my opinion. But that that you know to pay him that much and you got Tart coming back and it's a kind of more easily replace. Yeah, I, I I would just love him. So. Yeah, Reed's had some good plays. I think he should want to leave. They've made him play linebacker here. He's had so many different coordinators. I think a fresh start for him somewhere else. He could really restart his career. All right, we're good with Tart at strong safety next year. He really came on to close the year. Really, as a vicious hitter, he was taking good angles. He had a tough first game against Carolina, and everyone got on his case. But really, after that, he he rebounded strongly. Tart had a, a tough one play against against the, the Panthers where he whiffed and, and gave up the touchdown. But aside from that, remember he had the, the deep one-handed interception. That was great. Like That was an amazing play. Um, he played well that game. He just had that big hiccup um, in the open field, and everybody kind of remembers that more than, than anything else he did uh, versus Panthers. Yeah, I mean, and he's still on a team-friendly contract. I believe he's a restricted free agent. They'll tender him. It'll be 
a team-friendly deal. Colbert, another find. Adam Peters, uh, John Lynch's assistant. He's getting credit for this one. Colbert's forcing fumbles. He's getting fumble recoveries. He's laying the wood. He did get beat a couple times in coverage against the Titans. There's, I think he has to work on his coverage more than he does his hitting and his tackling, but he's taking good angles. I'm totally fine walking into 2018 at, with him as your starter. Maybe you bring in a veteran to compete, or you say Jimmy Ward's the backup now, and Jimmy Ward's just our insurance piece. But if you're trying to develop young talent, I think Adrian Colbert should be on the field. He's been a find at free safety. I, I, I definitely would be fine with him, especially, you know, you, you know, you start talking about Ward. We don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, you don't want to pay somebody $8 million to be a backup free safety. But I think just having, um, you know, Ward on the team and whatever position he's playing, you know, he, uh, you know, if anything happens to Colbert, you know, he can probably slide back there at deep free. But Colbert has been uh, very good. Uh, I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan. So, you know, to see him um, doing well in the NFL for my favorite team, is, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Colbert, the punisher. I, I kind of piled on on that nickname early on. That show's awesome if you haven't seen it on Netflix. A little gory. You don't watch it around the kids, but... You know, I hear you know, he doesn't want to be compared to, uh, to, to uh, Deshaun Goldson. It's probably my all-time favorite 49er. Um, you know, it, it, it's not a bad thing. I wish I could talk to him and tell him, like, hey, man, you know, I know you want your own identity, but you, know, you have dreads like Goldson. You wear 38 like Goldson. You play free safety like Goldson. And, you know, you're a hitter and you're flying around like Goldson. So, you know, it's not a bad thing. But, um, you know, hopefully he, he becomes better than Goldson. You know, Goldson was a you know, really good player for the 49ers while he was there. Yeah. I'm worried about them drafting corner in the first round. I saw Justin Gilbert up close and personal with Cleveland. That was just such a bust. He was a very athletic corner from Oklahoma State, taking number eight overall. Drafting corners, they can bust. It's very hard to find the elite corner. The Saints did it, though, this past year with Marshawn Lattimore. They're really going to have to look at that. because I, Witherspoon's not your number one corner on a playoff team with Jimmy G as your quarterback. You're in a shootout with another right. team. You need your corner to make a play. I'm not 100% sure he's a starter on a Super Bowl team. You might need a second corner who's really, really legit, too. So they have to, I think, address that need. Um, I have liked Akilo, though. I mean, this was supposed to be a redshirt year for him. He wasn't really supposed to play at all. That wasn't part of the plans. They loved Richard Robinson initially. He's been as good as Richard was his rookie year. Can he sustain it? Can he start making more plays? He's been a better tackler than we thought. I'm, I'm all over the map on him. I don't think he's going to be a huge piece of the puzzle a couple years from now, but I like his development early on. Like I said, you know, he's one of those guys, I critiqued him on something on Instagram, and he commented on there and kind of was telling me, you know, what he saw and, you know, what he was thinking about, you know, going what was going through his mind with Fuller. And, and then at the end of it, he said, man, you know, I respect what you're saying, and I'm always trying to get better. And, you know, somebody that has that mindset, to comment on just a, a fan, I mean, you know, now I'm just a fan, um, you know, commenting on my thing, just saying, well, you know, I just want to get better. Um, you can't that, – that that type of guy, he's going to continuously work to get better. Um, I – I, I, he has had like kind of ups and downs, but I think some of the ups that I've seen shows me that he definitely can be a starter in this league. Um, to what capacity? You know, is he going to be an elite corner? I don't, I don't know, but I, I definitely think that he, he will be good. He, he will be a decent corner for the Niners. He won't be the weak spot. He won't be the corner like you know. He's the reason why we lost the game. I, I don't think he'll ever be that guy. 
Um, how good? I, I I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if he'll ever be. You know, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, seen a lot of good things from him. I don't know if whether whether yeah. he'll ever be that good, but I, I think he will be a decent starter for for the Forty ers I think he'll be decent. And the Niners are going to have to look at trades too. Marcus Peters is on thin ice in um, Kansas City. If he came here with Ruben Foster in that locker room, a bunch of guys that. I don't know. We feel more comfortable back in the Bay Area. There's, there's going to be some things that this team has to explore. Because I'm just going through this free agent list, Eric, and I see Tremaine Johnson. He gets a lot of picks. He's still 62nd on PFF's rankings. They're not the Bible, but uh, you know, I got Jonathan Joseph. You know, Jonathan Joseph's the highest really on here. 49. Prince Akamura. He's been hurt, but he's 31st. These guys aren't coming in as a number one corner who are going to be able to stop. Larry Fitzgerald and the Rams. Pat, where, you where's Pooler on that list? Um, I, I didn't pull him up. I, I have a bunch of guys here. I mean, Devon House is 89th. Malcolm Butler is 47th. Justin Bethel with Arizona is 108th. You're not going to be able to solve this issue is what I'm saying in free agency alone. Uh, I, it might have to be a trade. It might have to be something. Jimmy Ward is your number one and Akilah Witherspoon is your number two is a not enough investment. Um, you need a stronger back end because it's going to help Solomon Thomas. It's going to help DeForest Buckner. They're calling them Saxonville Jaguars because this team is locking down the back end and it's freeing up these guys to gobble the quarterback up. So a uh, lot of strategies to discuss here. Eric Crocker, you were awesome, man. Um, any, any parting thoughts here? Jaguars 49ers, what are you hoping to see? Oh, uh, man, you know, can you get to Bortles? I, I think that's the key to, you know, everybody's kind of counting the 49ers out, you know, as they probably should. You know, the, the, the Jaguars are kind of hot right now, and the, and the 49ers are, you know, we, we beat some teams, but, you know, Titans kind of being the better of the team, but they're still kind of trending downwards. Um, can the 49ers get to Bortles? And and if we can, I think I think then, then we have a ball game. Um and then on you know the offensive side, can the Forty Nineers run the ball? Because I mean we just haven't we haven't been able to run the ball at all. Um, I'm not even going to put that on Hyde and Breda. The offensive line is getting no kind of run push. Um, so can can we run the ball and can we get the Bortles? I think those you know if we can do those two things. Forty uh, Nineers definitely have a chance at home. Eric Crocker, KJ Podcast Secondary Guru. Thanks for your time, bro. Appreciate you. Great stuff there. Been a long podcast now. We are going to sign off. And again, my prediction, Jacksonville 26, 49ers 20. Close game in the fourth quarter. Jimmy G still looks like the man, even against a tough defense. Uh, They just don't have the weapons now. Blake Bortles is still hot. There are scenarios they can win this game. I've been right the last three weeks. I've predicted three straight wins. I think... This is the time the Niners come a little bit back to reality, keep their draft pick, selecting at four, and then I think they could beat the Rams the following Sunday. Have a Merry Christmas. Buy your family the gifts, as I said. Thanks to Eric Crocker again for coming on. KJ Podcast. Not sure if we'll talk Christmas Day or the 26th yet, but we will recap Jacksonville, and then we're on to the Rams. KJ Podcast.
you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.